This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It was bandy around that race. Our mission, our mission, our mission wants to show, our mission wants to show, our mission wants to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Hello everybody, uh, you're welcome to Side here last Monday obviously and there was, uh, as I said, low-hanging clouds. All those clouds have been lifted, it's a beautiful morning down here, a smile on everybody's face. Uh, joined as, as usual um, by Joe Cunningham, the bars and Cork, uh, nice smile on his face coming into the canteen this morning. And uh, delighted to be joined uh, by an old uh, sparring partner of mine uh, and like a lot of sparring partners when you come out of the ring eventually you become good mates. Uh, Gary Spillane and Limerick's TJ Ryan, who's obviously a little bit crestfallen this morning. Uh, TJ, you're welcome. Thank you, Dilo. Tough uh, morning, all right, to be in car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You picked a bad one. Are the flags all in from the All Ireland? Uh, we, would, like, we won't just penny just yet. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like car class Monday, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It sure is. First day out and all that, yeah. Yeah, first of all, I have to say uh, there's a great old statement from my hometown in Clarecastle. If you enlist, you must drill. Uh, and I wouldn't have been a great social media man uh, until I joined the Irish Examiner. I was a kind of a touch-and-go Facebook uh, merchant, more having a look than anything else. But uh, I had to join the Twitter world. Uh, and, of course, uh, my whole article would be uh, put up on Twitter on the Saturdays. And uh, I suppose I did question uh, the Cork motivation, the mentality and that kind of thing on Saturday. And uh, I got a few beauties back last night, I'd have to say. A guy called uh, Graham Welton. Hi, Graham. He said... Uh, he 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 connected the article, if you like, to his tweet. I'm not sure of the correct terminology. That's my ignorance of the whole game. But he said, uh, talk about uh, newspaper turning to chip paper in 24 hours. He could have said a different paper as well, Ger. <laughs> but uh, look, um, I suppose the story is all about Cork, really. Uh, and we have to say this. I mean, I based Saturday's article, I have to say, um, it was funny, we had Derek McGrath one of the days, and I was definitely going to tip and clear to beat Waterford, and Derek said, Waterford by four more. I went away and got out the, the, the iPhone straight away and changed the article. I said, this feels so confident. But uh, I went to my gut uh, for Limerick, because I, I just thought things were going very, very smooth. And, uh, you know, um, Cork 
I thought just showed nothing in the league and then nothing seven days ago, eight days ago now. Uh, but this morning, a different outlook on the whole thing with, as far as Cork are concerned. They were, they were the one team to beat Limerick in the league, though, strange enough. So there was a snippet in their day, though. If you were kind of checking a horse, you would have kind of looked for that one line of form, maybe. So it was there was something there, but I would agree with you. It was difficult to see it, especially being at home and Limerick big support and just the way it was. It was, it was, it was hard to forecast it. But um, for me, two things. In the second half, Limerick didn't play well enough. And I'd, I'd have to say, being at the game, watching it, I thought the Cork management team got everything spot on. They got the calls right. Like, Cadigan on Gillan. I thought that Bill Cooper on Keane Lynch did a, did, did a big role. And for me, I think the addition of Aidan Walsh into the forwards adds something that you don't have. That physicality, that power. Like, we know they can hurl and they have loads of fast fellas. But for me, Aidan Walsh, it's just a different dimension. And I'd say it was the mix more so than anything else that really got right. Like, the boys, that that, that concrete half-back line that Limerick have, Burns, Hannon and Marcy, they won. I don't think, I can't remember any of them winning clean ball in the air. And I'd put that down mainly to Aidan Walsh. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, I have to agree with that. But, uh, um I was said by TJ there, I thought, um, fair play, and hats off to the Cork management in relation to what they did in seven, in seven days to, get, to turn it around. Um, you know, even though the players turned it around on the pitch, they certainly, you know, they, they gambled in, in, in some instances. Like, there was a bit of, there was a, you know, there was a few eyebrows raised with the team, like, basically bringing in Robert Downey, bringing in Mark Gillis, um, bringing Bill, not bringing back Bill Cooper, like, who was going to be automatic, but again, Aidan Walsh, again, there was, you know, he... They made very brave calls, Dello. Shane Kingston dropped was, was certainly was was one that was that was certainly questioned in the context of, of, of the his performance against Tip. But you'd have to say everything went right yesterday. Like they they, they got the, got the matchups right. They brought in young Robert Downey. He he was outstanding for like for you know for forty five fifty minutes when he was on yesterday. Brave call to give his young fellas a debut, you know. And I think you saw by the reaction to the car crowd yesterday when he came off. Like the he got a huge ovation like in his first game, and um, you know they were they were they got it right. And you could even see it yesterday. I think the difference in the week on the field again, as I said, off the field as well. Cork were up for it yesterday. You could see you could see Kieran Murphy. You could see Donald Donald Lamani. They contested every every decision. They were really up for it. You know they were they were you know they were they were pumped. And I think the difference in a week like. The emotion that wasn't there the week before certainly came out yesterday. And just just to go back to the like the bit on on the Kingston one really, yeah. and I thought that was the one I I found the more you know I did yeah. feel maybe the defensive thing, and I know Ellis's preparation was probably questioned and and that that he hadn't much done, but I always thought Ellis was a great manly guy, you know, and uh, with him and Cadigan going up the middle. Mm. But in fairness to Don Log yesterday in the studio, like he said, look, the days of picking your best fifteen maybe gone he said mm. like you know that you Cork are just they were exposed last year having very little on the bench mm. and like yesterday you'd have to say it's the mix there. Yeah. It's getting that mix right the mix is nearly as important now as the best 15 it's just like as I said Joe, I felt the job then, like, of the Cork forwards right their half hour and scored 10 points in play Lehan got a point before he went off Kedding came on and scored 3 we know what Hoggy did, right? Aidan Walsh was the one forward who didn't score. But for me, I think that he made the things tick for the rest of them. And that's the, probably the mix there, you know? And even, like, Mark Coleman was probably a very good example of maybe the difference in a week, right? Huge amount of possessions. They actually played him at right half-back, picking up um, Tom Morrissey, and they switched Robert Downey on to Groot Hegarty. And the two of them tried to follow. So they got an awful lot of calls, right? And it worked for them. No, I'd have to say, second half, Limerick poor. Yeah, just on, on, on the chin Kingston one, Deloitte said, like, even when, uh, after five minutes, Connolly Han came off, I think people were looking to see, you know, to, to bring on Shane Kingston was, was, was probably the, the one that most people would have thought. 
but obviously they had a you know they had a plan to bring on Alan Cadigan, and I thought you know I thought the two Cadigans just said, but Alan I thought to me set the tone in the, in the first half when he came on for a like for a guy <coughs> wasn't played in two years really he's been he's missed he's missed an awful lot and like to come in yesterday and to be as sharp as what he was <coughs> I thought he was outstanding and he's been through a lot with a lot of bad injuries and uh, you know it's, it's frustrating and you know at times like it gets you down like but I thought to come back yesterday and to come in and and you know I thought he was absolutely he. In the first couple of balls, I think, uh, um, you know, you obviously Sean Finn coming out with the ball. Oh, yeah. the right. I was going to say that yeah, to you. Yeah. He, he put him on the back foot. I've never seen Sean yeah. Finn as behind yeah. to the ball. And I love Sean Finn yeah. as a defender. Never seen him as, as behind yeah. these men as often. That's a tribute to, to Kerrigan. Kerrigan's runs yesterday, like the dummy runs he was making and the balls into space that he got. When he gets it, like he is, he's, he's, he can be lethal, like, you know, and it's just that mindset that all of a sudden you have to you've kind of start playing from behind a bit. And I just thought that, he's, for me, he set the tone in the first half for Cork. Yeah, I suppose, and I'd have, I'd have questioned, was the hunger waning or not really hunger, was just that raw desire that you need in the Munster Championship, was that beginning to wane a little bit? But I have to say, like, I thought they were just ravenous, young and old. Yeah, you know, but it's... Dara fits, yeah. like... Yeah, but you're, you're like, I suppose you're, you're, um, your whole summer of hurling is in front of you, like, and, you know, that's, you know, we spoke, I spoke last week and I spoke on Saturday about the, like, emotion is, is a great card to have to be able to play at times. Cork didn't have it against Tip. Tip had the emotion. Cork had it yesterday, and you'll see a difference. Limerick next 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 Sunday week when they go mm-hmm. to Waterford, you would imagine they'll have all the emotion to play with because of what happened yesterday. So, you know, Cork need to back it up now, though. In like they, they need to get more consistency. Like you can't be relying on the, the one up, the one down there. Um, you know, you need to be consistent. And the odd day that you have the emotional character to play, that makes a big difference. But I just thought, you know, yesterday, all round. All around, and I think even the supporters like yesterday were weren't sure going up. You know, there was a bit of there was a bit of anxiety, and a bit of fear. You know what I mean? This this could be this could be it. We're going up against the All Ireland champions, and maybe Limerick bought into a bit of Cork's performance the week before that they were just maybe off the pace, and you know they maybe weren't as as sharp as they, sh- as they should have been or could have been. Like, and it's and definitely the match the previous week, they that makes a difference to it. Having that game and having that game under your even belt, if it goes wrong, if wrong. it goes wrong, yeah, but you still have a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the uh, I suppose Limerick. Six or seven weeks absence since the league final, you know what I mean? You can only go so well in training and what they were doing in practice matches and mixed matches and A versus Bs that you really don't know. But I, I, I spoke last week about, you know, the first twenty minutes. I thought, you know, it was it wasn't the first twenty minutes that turned the game, it was the last twenty minutes and you know, where mm-hmm. Cork got the goal um, and Hoggy got a goal. I just thought, you know, the, the different like I was very disappointed Limerick's reaction. They didn't they didn't they didn't come back into the game. The game was over once the goal went in. It didn't look like it. I mean just to finish, I suppose really on Cork like I have to mention, although Owen Kedigan was man to match, and I thought he was man to match because that was so crucial. Obviously, Aaron Gillan will be player of the season so far. You know, up to yesterday, Limerick's first appearance, you would say, on the league, Gillan was so good. Like, but Kedigan to do, to, to do that man marking job, I thought was outstanding. You know, um, there was loads of contenders all over the place, but I suppose the the, the defender in me broke out when the voting came in the studio, TJ. Um, but Hoggy, like, I'd have to say as well. Like, I mean. Who else could have got the goal? Mike Casey did very little yeah. wrong at fullback. Just what a, what just a piece of what genius! A, what, a, what a piece of genius, as you said, like to be able to just anticipate that to play the ball down to yourself, the timing to get it right, and the finish was sublime. Like you know, in one to one, you know, put it in the corner, he gave Nicky Quaid no chance, and I think 
like Hoggies, I suppose day yesterday was was mixed in the context that I think he's six or seven wides, which we don't normally associate. Hoggy putting three or four frees wide, but he's still to be able to turn around and, and and keep going and still have the confidence to take on, even though the ones were there was a few slipped slipped away. Um, but it was a superb goal. Yeah, from this superb is the more player. mature Hoggy now, isn't it? The, the the little blips don't get him down, and he he's, he's <coughs> trying to drive on now, and it's next ball, next incident. Like well, that's the way you like. That has to be the mindset, especially when you're a free taker. You know, we we spoke about the importance of a free taker. You know, and uh, you know he got he got one again yesterday from another one from 120, 120 meters out. Incredible score, massive score. Okay, two two or three went astray, but to still have the confidence to say right next ball, the last one is gone. Uh, you know, just, I think you know, in fairness to him, just it was a. We, tw- and we, t- we touched quickly uh, last week. I won't go back into because we did it in, in Lent last week about Gary Keegan and his involvement with Limerick uh, or with Cox, excuse me, um, last two seasons and and Hoggy kind of expressing maybe that. Michael said it that you know he thought he he, he used him on a one to one basis and that would be very much Gary's kind of thing. If it miss you miss, yeah. it's the next ball. You know, and that's, that's 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 where the game is at now, isn't it? It's just everything counts. Yeah, everything counts. And I said like you, you don't like get, get your own small things win matches, right? And even just before the um the, or the court goal yesterday, like there was like Anthony Nash just missed the pick, like so it could easily have ended up there and go down the field. But as I said, that said for me, Limerick didn't play well in the second half, but. Like, All-Ireland champions still, um, all is not lost. Um, I'm sure there'll be an A versus B the weekend, Dela, because it's a two-week break. And a two-week break is definitely going to suit Limerick here. And I think that those boys will definitely be chomping at the bit to kind of get John Kiley to change. And the other thing I'll say yesterday is entertainment in the line again yesterday. I know what your view on Dela is, right? Fraggy definitely added to the experience being there. <laughs> like, he was definitely animated, as Jerry said, there. Definitely made, from the, from the very word go, probably contesting more decisions like he was playing and it was nearly a little sideshow but great great to see I don't know what your view on those guys did, did, did he upset Mr Paul he definitely, a bit? he definitely got to a couple of guys yeah definitely because <laughs> I've seen Paul go down once or twice like but it, it just adds to the entertainment and people roaring him to get off the field and stuff like but you could see see the, the animation talk about the emotion they used the emotion in the right way they didn't let it drive the bus and they just drove on from there and it was it was, it was just good watching yeah, I was just saying to you off air I, I, I actually somewhere down the line the championship I'd love to see an old Wexford Limerick clash for for the, for the dynamic on the line alone. Well, the, 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 the mere foreigners is becoming a story of the season so far. Like, so I'd say expect to kind of watch this space. I'd say it'll be more on the way. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's uh, we could be expecting one of these emergency congresses. Could be mere foreigners gone. <laughs> we're Ishkas only. Yeah, you yeah, fellas changing bibs everywhere. <laughs> Wasn't it Liam Dunn put on him? We're come on a few years back as Wexford manager, so he could get into the field more. Like he was banished door, but he put on the we're come on bib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, certainly entertaining yesterday. Anyway. But TJ, you know, like. Just Limerick, I didn't see it coming. Like the the, the level of, but again, no, I, I, it's easy talk in hindsight. Like you know, and I'm I might be talking a little bit of shite here, but when you look back at the league semi final and the league final, like Dublin, okay, good result yesterday. Now we'll talk about that a little bit, but you know, Waterford. They beat them easy enough in Crow Park, and we've Watford haven't been good so far. No, and the league form is definitely in this year. The way it was with no relegation, it was definitely there's definitely iffy there. And looking back now, you're kind of saying like Limerick's last three games were Leash, Dublin, and Watford. And you were kind of saying, yeah, the form maybe mightn't have been as rock solid as you'd like it to be. 
But that said, right, Limerick's still a very strong team. You're still going into yesterday's All-Ireland Champions, like with, with the team the way it was. Like obviously, one change, Peter Casey starting instead of Seamus Flanagan. And, you know, maybe Flanagan's powerful runs and everything he does for the team. But I spoke about Aidan Walsh there. Maybe, like, Peter Casey's very, very classy forward, don't get me wrong, and will be on any team. But the statement you made there about your best 15, is that the right way to go? It's the mix now that's nearly as important. And, you know, Gallant spent a lot of time in, in full forward, whereas maybe Shane Flanagan there might have been a different kit fish for, for one Kelligan so I, 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 I would have thought coming into it like if that Flanagan would have been on and it would have been a toss up between Peter Casey and Graham Mull yeah. on league form but Graham Mull came up with the goods in fairness to him yesterday well Limerick only scored 1-7 from play yesterday yeah. and Graham Mull Kelly scored 1-4 yeah. so and like he was replaced actually all three in the full forward line were replaced which was a little bit yeah but it's just the way it was in the second half Limerick scored 8 points 6 of them came from free so 2 points from play in the second half wouldn't win any game Yes, I just a couple of the stats from the second half there. RTE would be throwing these out now, and in fairness to the, the stats guys in RTE, I wouldn't have these early otherwise. But I think uh, Cork 14 scores from 19 attempts in the second half uh, from play, and uh, Limerick 2 scores from 7 in the second half, like 14 as opposed to 2. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just uh, 2 scores from play from, as opposed to 8 scores from play. Like, you know, it's, it just tells the story of the second half. It does tell the story and as I said I think John touched on it last night was the best of the second performance he just couldn't get to the ball and just it was one of those days like in fairness to Cork as well they, they understand the way Limerick were trying to play and they kind of nearly played exactly the same way with a completely withdrawn half forward line um, they got kind of no ball uh, put into the zone where Dermot Burns Declan Hannon and Dan Morris could come onto it they kind of created a gap between the full forward line so they gave more better ball to the likes of Hoggy and Alan Kelligan so they did literally it was a very similar style and it just worked better for Cork yesterday. And I think Bill Cooper back as well, it's very, very hard to underestimate what he brings to that team. Like, and he did a number on Keane Lynch and Keane's an important player for Limerick. Yeah, would, I wonder would Bubbles have got the freedom of Tur- of Parky Keeve like he did last week if, if Bill Cooper was there. And just to keep on the Limerick team. I, I don't know if you saw John Kiley's interview. Uh, might have been replayed last night now and that but I thought it was a ferocious honest interview yeah. like he's that type of guy we've we've all had to do those interviews yeah. coming out yeah. after after shipping the beat yeah. and and the one maybe we didn't expect and it's hard isn't it it's, it's easy to come out after winning absolutely and sometimes you you know you just don't know like you're going in you're going you know you you're preparing for weeks you think you're right and you know and all of a sudden things just go askew and I think you know but I think I think he was honest to say like that you know that he he had you know there was there was no complaint. Cork were way better on the day, like way sharper, way hungrier. Um, now he's got a big test, and I just kind of slightly different from DJ. Like uh, you know, having the two week break, I'd say if, if John Kiley would love to have the game next weekend in the context of trying to get a rebound, whereas now he's two weeks to get it right, and sometimes a week in between, you know, you haven't you haven't really time to to think about it. You just your pride is hurt, and you turn it around straight away. And they're going down to Walsh Park to play Waterford, who are also, you know, have had two bad, you know, two bad results. They're fighting for their life as well, and it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a difficult game. It's going to be difficult. Yeah, the two game. weeks might be more beneficial for Waterford. I was thinking, yeah, in the context of of, of the game that they, you know, that they're recovering yesterday. I think Limerick would love to be playing next week to get back on the back on the road again. Whereas now they have to think about it. If they need to get the four points, they ought to, you know, to to get to have a chance to go through, possibly in third place. Head to heads, maybe. Head to heads, and they'll all come into it. And you know they've got to win. They have to win two of the last three matches, and two of those are away. Yeah. Uh, so if they have to go to Turles to get two points in their last match, not the, not the easiest place to go. Yeah. Thing is, like Tip, if 
results go their way now we I'd be hoping that that won't happen in Ennis like obviously uh, we'd be locking the gates up there you know <laughs> what I mean and 19,000 and uh, there, won't, there won't be a hang sandwich let inside the gate they'll have to buy a hot dog you look after us for tickets for that one will you really, I, I, I put in my name for the Clarkasson <laughs> draw this morning I tell you they're up early for it anyway but uh, like if Tip were to get to onto the six point mark though they'd be in the Munster final and It'd be a nice one for Limerick, maybe you know. Still, like, no, like, like you know, they'd like to put Limerick out of it. Yeah, From that point, yeah, you, you yeah. always kind of look if if uh, if they have a chance to put them out of it, you know, they will certainly yeah. they'll be certainly looking to take the but, opportunity. But still, it's know. hard on players. I, I like Limerick were through last year in the tennis and they were certainly that bit flatter. Clare had to win, but there were three weeks in a row as well. That's you know, true. That's, that's true. You know, so but they'll both be. But, but Limerick will be back to three weeks in a row yeah, for the yeah, last game right. again, just to win just to win the championship fall. And Clare v Cork, Clare will have three weeks. That'll be the last match of three as well. Three weeks in a row. Yeah, so yeah. they could be two right good games, couldn't they? So yeah, just everything on the line. The last thing on Limerick, I just throw this out. It's hardest one. I'll be like, fairness to Cork now, and you don't have long to look at structures and that with this format, with a week. But I just thought they, like they looked at the way Limerick play. You know, with the one up, with the runners coming, maybe two up, and I thought they got a great handle on it. Like, Mount Balls ran out wide because you know, uh, Cadigan Hoost, Galen off it, let's say, and there was nobody else there really to help out, and they kept. I thought Mark Coleman, at times he just stayed to the right of Aaron Galen. So if you go to the right, I'm there. So there's no option for Dimmer Burns if he's hitting a long free. He just stood there on the right, marking nobody really, marking space, but said, don't poke it down here or I'm going to get it. Uh, and then, so Cadigan knows, it's either straight on or we're going left. And I, I thought they got that structure. And Limerick didn't seem to have, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, because Paul Kinnock's a genius to me. Uh, I, he, he'd, be, he'd be the best coach in Ireland in my mind, but uh, plan B didn't seem to kick in, you know, or whatever. Or just maybe if, if there's that bit of lethargy in your play, that plan B and C don't come into don't play. Say. Yeah, no, I will agree with you. I think the Cork did understand the Limerick system extremely well. They did play and they had the plan and they executed it very well. Um, I do think with any system that they'll and you'll notice your individuals need to play well. And like, like you can have whatever system you want, right? Like if the, if if everybody isn't doing their job and the buy-in isn't fully there and it's just the Limerick where it's just a little bit off. But certainly, like I, I I do think that the ball into the full forward line yesterday for Limerick wasn't as good and they just didn't seem to have the time and the runners weren't there and I said Cork's matchups you have to give them credit for that and that's I think one of the the key reasons they won. Yeah, the two lads, um, Henry and, and Don Logue, stayed inside to watch the game because obviously you have the monitors and you have the replays and that. But I, while we're at the ground, I love to go out and watch the bloody thing, get a bit of air in it, number one. But uh, um, I, there was one particular moment that struck me as well was um, the first three or four puck outs. There was no great signs to Nash's puck outs, now let's say. He went long, but they broke them through the Limerick halfback line. Like, and, yeah, and got and them inside. Walsh, got, yeah, key yeah, I got them inside to the Cadigans and the Hoggies and these guys. And I'll never forget at one stage Limerick had broken forward and got one a free. It was Keen Lynch won the free. And as he was running back out, and you wouldn't really see this if you're kind of watching on TV or out, out through the screen of the studio, Keen Lynch roaring at the tree in the half back line and he signaled for a bat down, tap it down, tap it down, like because obviously he thrives on breaking ball, but they weren't they weren't able to break it down. It was breaking through, like and your fundamental as a half-back is to stop the ball from going through like you, if it goes into the, the Cadigans like there's trouble straight away like we saw the, the ball he popped up for Luke Mead that was just first of the ball point isn't really on for me but there's Luke and Luke taps it over like you know so just thought that 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 launching pad of Burns, Hannon and Dan Morrissey 
was missing as well. Yeah, I think the quality of inside forward, like in most teams now, Dale, right? If they get good ball into them, like they're like it's very difficult to, to defend against them. And so to be to be fair to the Limerick full back line yesterday, that was probably part of the pressure. And like those boys, no doubt about it, Cadigan, Huggy, I you would hate to be marking them. Yeah. It definitely wouldn't suit me, anyway, Dale. <laughs> Nor me, Ed, or TJ. I can tell you. <laughs> uh, but look, I have no doubt. A bit like I suppose. The Cork young lads answered the call, I thought, yesterday in a big way. And I think these Limerick young lads, will, they'll come out fighting, I think, in two weeks' time as well. You know, I, I do think, you know, the Kyle Hayes, the Tom Morrissey's, the Gerrards, these fellas, you know, their, their pride will be stung, I say. And they will they will come out fighting, I think. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, I, I would expect definitely a response. And that's why I'm going back to I think the two weeks will suit here because I think the panel will kick in. People have spoke about the strength of Limerick's panel, and you know I think the boys know they're maybe around the maybe fifteen to twenty four or five. Like I think the weekend or whatever, like they'll probably say, "Hey, look at me!" Like they want to kind of put, yeah, someone put like Pat Ryan, TJ. Where, where's Pat? Yeah. Like, I mean, what an impact off the bench yeah, all year last year. Uh, uh, unbelievable! Yeah, he played that league game against Cork or whatever. And he, he started that day, and things didn't go great for him. And he, like they, they haven't picked him. I, I don't know, but maybe it's got to do with the strength of the strength of the bench that's there. Other guys, and in in the league. It seemed to be that whoever played seemed to be playing well, like so. It was kind of hard for John. Maybe it was just so many of them, and maybe not a lot between them. But I do think that the week coming, I think that a lot of fellas will be trying to get inside John and Paul's head to say, "Hey, you need to make two or three changes here." And that's going to be interesting to see. You know what do they do? Like, like these guys have won in All Ireland. They're still All Ireland champions. Do your stick or twist. I think there'll have to be some form of a twist. I think. Yeah, yeah. Usually the case, isn't it? Even with, even with a Cody. Yeah, yeah. Even, but even Cork, Cork did it last week. Like he, you know, they made the four changes. You know what I mean? I suppose yeah. when you when, when you don't perform, it's definitely you know, and and that's that comes back to the bravery as well to introduce guys. You know, they made two switches in the half back line, uh, and they came up trumps. Because going back to the puck outs, I was just watching yesterday. I thought, I thought that that uh, they, they the Cork half forward and they won the breaking ball like that that Limerick launch pad. They won no ball. You know, and it was the breaking ball going through into Cadigan as he coming out sharp, popping over the bar. There were great scores to get, and I can I just that, that you know we were we were we weren't sure about the half back line yesterday, but I think you know all the ball that the half hour in Limerick got, they were going away from Goldale. I felt they were they weren't attacking the Cork goal, they were going out and passing it back. They were whereas Cork were were going at them in the half forward line. Ten points from from the half forward line alone, it's a fantastic return. Yeah, going back to making changes, uh, Mr. Lucknan, genius and as he was like. Um, no matter what kind of a bait and we got the six backs and the goalie would be the same but the forwards would be riddled <laughs> <laughs> Froggy Tui would be coming home in the car Froggy Tui would say well you'll be on Sparrow and James he'll be on the rest of us <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. I suppose the final thing in the match was the referee watch I think both, both sets of supporters were booing the referee I think at half time I'm not sure I see Myler definitely was going into him and like there was one or two Limerick guys who definitely had a little word with him coming off as well and it was hard to know exactly who, who should be more kind of kind of annoyed with him because some of the calls they did seem to be tough but what I will say is the speed and pace of the game right? the distance this litter was travelling it's gone very very difficult to keep an eye fellas holding you're trying to keep an eye on the ball even you're trying to be there before the ball very difficult for the referee Like, but as I said yesterday both sets of supporters seem to be annoyed with him at different times yeah, we, 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 you'd have been watching from the stands the two of you both we had a very interesting uh, visitor to the Yes, press probably Barry Kelly. Uh, he'd sent off my two fellow panelists, were uh, Mr. Cusack and Mr. Shefflin, in their careers. I think the only times they were sent off, uh, he never sent me off. I think he gave me a few yellows, all right, for abuse. But uh, <laughs> fairness, it was good. It's very interesting, like just to get the that the linesman can't actually make a call yeah. on a thing, you know, and that. like definitely what annoyed the Cork boys, uh, and easy for me to talk as well because we do instant replay kind of thing and. Um, Dara Fitz was definitely got a, a knock as he was going towards the sideline on the side of the head. 
definitely a free for Cork and he kind of hand passed the ball back in but it was a throw maybe but he had been fouled yeah. and I think that's what incensed Fraggy and Myler and their lads yeah and that was right in front of them but definitely for me right and I know this has been well debated in the past the answer for me is in the pack right you've got two experienced referees on either sideline you've got a fourth official you've got a referee they have to help him they'll go forward yeah. they absolutely have to you see in the soccer there with an offside or if it's a foul in the corner the linesman waves his flag you, they absolutely have to go forward otherwise as I said it's easy to give all the referees and there's probably nobody who's given out about them more than me I certainly won't be invited to any referees dinners in the future I can tell you that Taylor but what I will say is I think we need to help them rather than give out about them <laughs> I'm trying to think of days I went up apologising I'm one day in Walsh Park Dermot Kerwin was Dublin and Waterford and uh Thought he was giving me a particularly hard time, like not the team. <laughs> but after I knew it, it was hot and heavy anyway. And he, he, I think he was on the point of putting me to the stand, but someone might have intervened for me anyway. But uh, I had to go upstairs afterwards anyway. The referees dressing was upstairs and watch back. And do you remember what's the story? Is this personal between the two of us? <laughs> and he said, kind of getting personal the way you're carrying on. <laughs> it was an interesting. I was, I was listening in yesterday to, actually to Barry Kelly, and he said he wouldn't. He'd prefer not to get to get help from the the guys in the sideline because he said you could be pinging your ear all day. Yeah. So I suppose it's an interesting one from your point of view that maybe it is difficult, but I think they should be. They need help, like you know what I mean. Yeah, Something like came, that. It know? came from uh, an Eamon Fitzmaurice uh, uh, interview that he did a great interview. I think with Tony um, in the in, in the Examiner and. Um, he said that sometimes it's so frustrating on the line that you felt that the linesman, no matter what you said to him, that he was kind of saying, oh, well, if it's not going great for your man inside, I might get the semi-final or the final, you know, and we threw that out. And Barry said, yeah, there was certainly guys, when I saw the team I was with on the day, I was happier with some days than other days. So element to that, and I suppose... You know, in fairness, he made that point as well, that if you're a sub cornerback, I thought this was a funny one, like, you know, you're a sub cornerback, you want your team to win, but you wouldn't be overly upset if number 13 or 15 got four from play. Like, <laughs> you'd be, you'd, you know, so there, look, it's human nature as well, isn't it? It is human nature, yeah. And like uh, yesterday, I suppose we were all frustrated at different times. Was, uh, I suppose from both sides, you'd be looking at, so, you know, some of the freeze were, you'd be questioning as to what happened there. Like, you know, what I mean? so it's a very difficult job. I thought he actually, I thought he let it go more so in the second half, whether it was anything to do at half time. Maybe he might have looked at it or they might have spoken about it themselves. I didn't think he was as whistle happy in the second half as what he was in the first half. I think he was, he was frustrated for both sides you know there was one there was a ball gone wide at one stage and he blew I think he blew Cadigan for you know for stopping Galan or Mark Coleman or one of those ones you wouldn't see you know what I mean so yeah. I just thought I thought he was a bit finicky in the first half but you know and it's, you know you start producing yellow cards very early on you've got to you've got to, you've got to stick with it but I thought in the second half he left it go a bit better yeah and it's probably the half time last thing on it I, I thought last week was a little bit flat you know Walsh Park wasn't great and then the park I suppose we were all a bit you know the occasion was great but I really thought, and I know, Tid, you know, this would be like not from a Limerick point of view, I suppose, but I mean, going back to the last time nearly I saw the Gaelic grounds as full was that famous day. We we were on each other for a while yeah. near the end of it uh, when Kieran came up the field and, and broke clear hearts. But for me, the Munster Championship really, there was there was real Munster Championship bite in that era yesterday. Uh, and in the play as well, the tackling was ferocious. And uh, I suppose Cork brought most of it, but I thought it was really the kickoff of what we hope now will go on to be a, an incredible summer. Yeah, there was a couple of big hits early on and 
I suppose just going back to the referee, yeah, I, I would agree with you. In the first half, it was a bit stop start. He was waiting for the takeoff. And maybe in the second half there, if Limerick had been a little bit more competitive, the crowd seemed to be just waiting to kind of really, really get involved in it. Um, before we close off on the referee, one of the things I would say is I'd love to see the yellow cards. Maybe everybody looks for them a little bit early. I think the early, I, I don't think they should be given out as easy. Some of them, like yesterday, there wasn't a bad hit in the game yesterday, but still there's a couple of cards in it. Like you'd, you'd love to see them gone and. Even the Waterford guy, the guy got sent off. Like you seriously have to wonder what the first yellow card for. No, as I said, I just would be for like keep the cards in your pocket as long as you can, unless it's really, really needed. Tell me about it. Still haunted with twenty thirteen. Anyway, um, we leave the Gaelic grounds and we'll move on to Thurles, and uh, we have new All Ireland uh, favourites, Mr. Larry Ryan, as always, is here uh, helping us on sound and. Uh, Doing a great job for us here, but he's like kind of a smugness about him today. I think you know. I think see, you know, the tip crowd are trying to play it down, but they're kind of the the, the premier are back, uh, and uh, I just look had a quick look at the odds. Now I had to erase the app from the phone again in case the wife sees it. The Perry Power app. <laughs> but tip eleven to four favours now for the All Ireland with Galway four to one, then Cork, Limerick, uh, the Cats fives, and Clare thirteen to two. Seems to be no mention of Wexford and Dublin there, but. Um, you know, tip is it is it like All Ireland form? They, they definitely have shown the best form for the two games that we've seen, right? You now some some teams when you played one game, like their scoring prowess, the boys up front, Sheedy definitely seems to have them rocking. Um, like you might, like I said, for the rest of us, you might still have one qu- couple of questions, like will they be able to keep it going through the summer? Will the legs stay going for all those matches? But certainly, I would say early doors, yeah, they're worthy of being where they are. Yeah, they've been very impressive. They all like just they've racked up again thirty scores again. Whatever yesterday, like thirty two or whatever. So it was, um, it was really impressive. And I suppose what he'll be happy about in that, I suppose when uh, half or two to second half, Waterford brought it back to three points. We were we were all kind of saying, you know, what's going to happen here? And but how they just turned around again. They just upped into the sixth gear, got the goal, and it was all over. Now you know, hard enough to go up to Turles uh, to play to play tip with you know when you had fifteen and once Waterford I think were reduced to fourteen men. Uh, they put, did did they slacken a bit in Dodger? Did the yeah, old the old little feelings yeah, we've seen in the last couple yeah. of years maybe did they creep in there? Yeah, yeah, did the forgot it back to three and let's say let's face it now, although it was a brilliantly worked goal, but Tyg the Burke and Philip Amani jumped up and top yeah. each other like, you know, and left Bonner to flick it on to Canada. It does happen, you know, we've all seen teams when you're when you're, when you're down to fourteen, you do when you're ahead, if you're five or six ahead, you do slacken a couple, you know, it's again it's mental again. You just take your you know, you just take your foot off the accelerator a small bit. Water came back in, got a bit of momentum, got a couple of scores, and all of a sudden, you know, we were looking at it and said just if, if they got a if they got it back to level or whatever here, it'll really ask questions. But I think I think the extra man is, you know, it's, it was it was bound to make a difference at the end of the day. And you, these guys when they get when they get a chance chance there like those those forwards Jason Ford just uh, fantastic scores and once they once they just got the four or five six ahead again I think Warburg's heads dropped uh, and I think it's it was it was it was plain sailing from there what what scares me a, a little bit I suppose um, from the rest of our point of view is that if you were going down yesterday and you were to say Tip would win by was it 13 or 14 uh, for finish but you'd say who'd be man of the match and you'd be probably going bubbles again Callanan maybe this time one of the two McGraths, but the two real contenders like for us in the studio were Ford and Michael Breen. I mean, that just shows you the depth that's there. Like, uh, And we're still not seeing these under-21s. We saw Ger Brown and we saw uh, Ke- um, Jake Marks, Mar- yeah. uh, Keen Darcy, obviously, last yeah. week. Um, we saw them appearing and he's kind of letting them get their, breaking them in slowly. But, I mean, there's some, some amount of talent up front. 
the serious talent up front. Like you bring came in yesterday with six points and also and he was doing a man marking job on Jamie Barron. Look for for a lot of the game like he was kind of he seemed to be shadowing him a lot. But six points like it's a fantastic return from from a guy, you know who's who's a great utility player. He can play play in different places and uh, he was very impressive in Cork as well. And to be able to turn that around. Uh, it was a great performance. Jason Ford as well kicked in with with, with great scores again yesterday. Um, but I think you know we, the big thing for me was that they backed it up. You know they came down to Cork, gave a great performance. They turned around just and gave another great performance. So you know they're on the the he's a his big test the next day heading to Clare. Uh, you know that'll that'll really I think we, we we keep asking questions. We keep questioning. You know are yeah. they back? Are they back? Uh, I think we get a we get some answers the next day. It'll be a different sort of a challenge. Yeah, different types of talents. Um, when you talk about Michael Breen, my young fellow Cormac is a big fan of the two Johnny's Dale, right? When he, sp- <laughs> he speaks about uh, Michael Breen, he says, Michael Breen, he's a machine, he's chopping up lads since under 14. <laughs> <laughs> well, the speed of him, he took off on a solo yesterday, my God, when he's in his stride. He's just a, just a ball of power and athleticism going through the we'll, middle. Like, but six points in play, some return from the middle of the field. We were on about Kerrigan there earlier, TJ. If he came at us, I'd tell you, uh, <laughs> I'd, be I'd, be tr- I'd be trying to call for Baker straight away. Anyway. <laughs> Ali, <laughs> you're needed here. But certainly the way you're talking about Sheedy, like he, he definitely, has all, he's all the older guys. And maybe one of the concerns at the start of this championship, we're going to say, was Tip hadn't really anything new found, right? But I suppose he's kind of made a statement for all the guys that were there the last couple of years. This is the level. Do you know what I'm saying? The boys are playing very, very well. He's been working very hard. And for the young fellas coming on, they have to match that or maybe get ahead of it and stuff. And maybe as a championship goes on, you might see one of them creeping into it. But certainly for the moment, that team is motoring nicely. Yeah. They won foot in the Munster final? I think so. I think so. Um, like four points is a good position to be in after two games. Like, um, look, no, they still have two tough games to come. Um, and Huge scoring. Huge, well the scoring uh, with, with four points but look I would say it's not done and dusted and I would still say there's maybe one or two questions I still think I still think that maybe for pace there might be something to be able to get at the back line but maybe I'm looking for that little bit of optimism from outside yeah they look very good I, I have to say you know just um, I'm really impressed so far and I wondered I, I wondered about the whole thing with Liam going back you know the never go back thing and that's a lot of rubbish really isn't it you know it is like I suppose like Liam's a hurler man anyway but like you know this Dale as well as anybody like that buzz of the sideline and just oh, getting that result like you just can't replace that and like he's done a huge amount of work over the last number of years on TV and all that kind of stuff like but look we can talk about it all day like but you know yourself you give just we don't be still playing is the reality like but you just yeah. just to get back in there and win games trying to get our fix with club teams and that. that's it yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, no he, 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 he obviously saw something and like being the way he is he's um, I'd say probably everybody running around doing jobs for him in, in, in tip like but certainly the the, the, the the structure is definitely working for him and everything is going well like I think he's got I'm not sure how many in the backroom team now like I'd say it's up there with probably the most most other big counties anyway yeah, but like one of the things that struck me was that you know he named his backroom team was a as Tommy Dunn and Darry Egan, you know, and then Eamon was announced. And I said, Hold, oh, that's it, like around with like Tommy seems to be as buzzing up and down, as fit looking as he ever was running out of the field and you know, so um he seems to be, you know, have that effect that he can unify the, the troops as well as the players. Know, the backroom staff around him, like absolutely, and and back to the mix as well. We spoke about Cork there, just getting that mix right. Like they had, like last week, they had Niall O'Mara who did a phenomenal amount of work at wing forward. They did Dan McCormack, the Bonner Mars. So it's trying to get that, like Michael Brain in the middle of the field, getting that with the boys who will kill you, the Bubbles and the Callan and Jason Fords. Like again, the mix just feels right. Yeah, uh, moving that, I, you know, with the same game, but uh, Waterford. 
are they, are they on the brink of two disastrous years after being in an Ireland final in 17? Yeah, I, I suppose that from their point of view, looking now, Dalo, they've got they've got the All Ireland champions coming to town in two weeks' time, hurt after after um, after losing yesterday. So it's it looks like a very difficult task for them, you know. So they've they've struggled with it. They have. Um, I think they would have looked to beat and clear in the first match at home, and I think that you know again when you lose your first match, it, it's very difficult to to, re- to rebound from it unless you can maybe do it straight away. Uh, so I think they're in a very difficult situation. I, I, I heard people talking and said that maybe Thurlis suits them better than playing at Welsh Park, but their backs are to the wall now at this stage. Like they have to, they have to get four points to have a chance, you know, to give themselves a chance to come to Cork and um, I suppose three weeks time. So they'll, it's, it's going to be a very interesting game. Both teams really have to have to. Have to have to lay it on the line the next day, um, but I suppose, you know. But again, the fact that Conor Gleeson being sent off, I, I just, it just, it just, you know, you need your, you got to be very disciplined. Like, and he was on a yellow card, and he, it must have crossed his mind going going down. Uh, you know, I, I know he, he, he said he might have taken one for the team, but straight away when he when he, he brought him down. We didn't see the first yellow. It looked, it looked, it looked dubious enough, but but the second was, was unless was something one. had happened something off camera. Uh, yeah. But you know, this, this, you know, lads were saying afterwards there was cameras. You know, you were looking at it. You were trying to find where was the yellow card. It looked nothing. nothing. It looked innocuous. No. You know, and all of a sudden you're on, you're on the brink. Then you're one more bad tackle and you're off. And I think, you know, I think it was. I was very sorry for Conor Gleeson. Was he just back after after coming back after you know he spent the last six months with a shoulder injury working to get back and you know he'd be gutted for his teammates like that. Good, he'd, you know, good guy, a, good, yeah. good guy, good. Wrong yeah. guy, you know, very strong team team player, you know. But uh, once that once 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 they were down to fourteen men, they're on the back foot. But at least he got two yellow, so he'll be back the next. He won't he won't miss the next match. No, he'll be back. Which will be important enough. So um, I still I, I said it earlier on in the season. I'd still like to see Austin Leeson facing the ball. I, I think he's much better. He got three or four points, but like I think he scored. From, he he could have left from centre back. But something know? something has to be done anyway. Yeah. Because I mean, I I would say you know, and I, you know, again, we were all in the boat. We all made mistakes in the line, but. Like taking off Parik Mahoney and leaving Aston on, like I, I thought Parik Mahoney was coming into the play and starting to find a bit of space. And you know when they made the mini revival, I thought it was Baron and Parik Mahoney that started up to to where their levels were used to. Yeah, the match. a couple of strange calls. He the last two games took Baron off the game before and stuff like. And like these are key players for Waterford. You need those guys going well. Um, I suppose a couple of things. Like I think the sending off was a huge bearing in the game, right? And. They're like no different to myself, right? I think when you're on a yellow, right, for Conor Leeson, when you did five, I think you need to get talking to referees straight away. Like, you need to kind of get a bit of communication going to make sure if you get him talking, I feel you won't get the second yellow. You the player know that. or the manager. Or <laughs> the, the player, the player, the player. <laughs> but to cut party finally, a small bit of slack, I think, like, it's hard to be tipped with 15. Like, I think when, when the sending off goes, like, round the, the byline was round the house, like, it's, it's very, very, very difficult. Yeah, and like, if, like, I, I, if I'm Waterford now, like, and I've made such a play for Walsh Park and we all thought that would be a game changer really when we did we did a National League podcast the day after the National League and we look forward to the Munster Championship I suppose it was the most significant team we said that this has changed everything now it didn't work against there but I, I, if I'm Parik I'm, I'm having a go at these players and saying hi the Ireland champions are coming to town we broke our back to get home venue here 9,000 people it's going to 11,000 people. It's going to be a full house. The Ireland champions are going to bring a huge crowd because they know their season's on the line. And I'm saying we need to show the fight that Cork showed. We absolutely need to put the bodies on the line. Put your head Sunday where you wouldn't put a crowbar Monday yeah. mentality like. Well, it's definitely old style championship for Waterford. No, if you're beat here, they're gone. 
so we know that for sure there's a lot of permutations that could work out but one thing we know for certain is the next day if Waterford get beat they're out like so I would agree with you there that they absolutely have to bring it so and like in a strange kind of way the All-Ireland champions come into town you'd like to think that that's the day that it will come up but still to go back to what you said a while ago there's still a couple of question marks about their team maybe we all have views and obviously you have to give respect to the boys that are in there watching it day in day out that they know best but I don't know I'd probably be the same as Jerry. I think I think if Ozzy was centre back and maybe tied the Burke was a five or whatever, like you'd have to say that that would be some launching pad like but and watched him when he was under twenty one, so like he was just incredible at centre back. So yeah. I, I I don't know. I watched the league final, I just wasn't sure about Ozzy. He was started wing forward, he was all over the place. I don't know. like from the outside I'd, I'd love to see him play in a game at centre back, but sure, maybe we could be wrong. Yeah, well, Jarrah's been. You've been wrong before, Dilo. Oh, several times, TJ. That's, that is, that's what I was wrong. I was wrong as late as yesterday. <laughs> My predict- I was on fire on predictions last year, I tell you, but I got off that bad start. Maybe I'd be better off finishing well, though, you know. <laughs> I was like Brooks Kepka there on, on, on Thursday there. I took off last year, but this year I, I'm beginning to be the Brooks Kepka coming down the straight. <laughs> but he got there. <laughs> but. Um, Look at uh, yeah, it's it's a huge one, obviously huge one. I I think it's actually one of the biggest days in in Waterford modern hurling history. I, because this this is a team that won minor All Ireland's, twenty one All Ireland's, got ten All Ireland final. No, oh, it's it it is hard, I suppose, to come in as a new manager and trying to put his own stamp on things, and he changed the style of play around. But like, it, it's it's a it's it's a huge one for him. Yeah, and he needs his leaders now to stand up. He needs his big players. Like, and that's I suppose even more disappointing that you know he took off Park Manny and these, they're the guys you're gonna. These are the guys you need in the dressing room to you know to 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 lead you the next day. You know you're you're gonna have to look at the older guys. It's to be unfair to look at the younger players coming through. So he's gonna need the spine of the team needs to be really really strong. And uh, you know their their confidence has to has to be under pressure. Like they've they've they haven't really played in any shape or form. Um, so. It's a huge ask, though. I think you know the All Ireland champions coming down. If if they had won yesterday, you know, might have been too bad. But like they're on, they're on the back foot as well, and they have they've got to get a performance. So, I think Waterford are under pressure to to get that result because I think Limerick will come down all guns blazing the next day. Yeah, I'd say you could see uh, one Michael Brick Walsh appearing again in his home. His yeah, home he patch. he's he hasn't appeared like yeah. I think the, we were saying the first day when, when, uh, a couple of weeks ago with Derek, he, we, we, they were surprised he wasn't playing because the, the pitch would have suited him. And again, his experience leaders were back to that question as well. I have no doubt. He, I, I would expect him to see him to, to see gameplay from the start of next. In day. eleven, maybe even you know, I did did have looked at the way Cork, the Edin Walsh effect on the on the on the t- Limerick half back line. Like I, I would expect to see break in the half forward line somewhere, you know, and get that ball inside to the to the Bennetts, maybe into Tommy Ryan's and these guys and the, you know, they certainly when Patrick Curran was very unlucky not to get the goal like for half time. Yeah, it was or just after half time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I, I get the feel from the outside there's a lot of kind of they're in between systems, in between players, in between a style. I just get a feeling that that I, I, it's not structured like as such a the tip and cork limit, they know exactly what they're doing. But I just get the feeling looking at Waterford that there's nothing, I don't know, maybe there's something that could be worked on there. Yeah. Okay, uh, we leave Munster. It's, oh, it's it's boiling up anyway and I don't think, um, you know, there's always the fear with this round-robin system since it came in and, and especially last year people threw it out would, would we have dead rubbers on the last day and I suppose we did have with, with Waterford Cork yeah, the sure. last day but we had Clare having to win in Ennis which also had Limerick through but I think it's boiling up I know RTE have kept a, a proviso there that it's either 
Limerick and Tip or Clare and Cork for the last day they've kept that open which game they're going to show and split screen same as the Premiership <laughs> <laughs> flicking over and back <laughs> yeah but uh, it's looking like that it could you know it could come down to that last day scenario that's what you want to kind Magic. of the hurling spectator yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and have everything on the line for the last yeah, day yeah as much and all as uh, we were on last week we were still uh, a few of the lads on the camera work and the sound and all that in the studio City are one down. <laughs> I have to admit, like being being a sports fan and, and that kind of thing, you you just were intrigued with the last day scenario. Looking at Leinster lads, uh, and you know, I see again like a few of the the Twitter heads saying like, you know, why why aren't RTE showing? You know, the the Wexford Dublin match seemed to be the game of the day in some ways. You know, uh, really ebbed and flowed. Now I only saw the Sunday game. Obviously, um, it looked as if Wexford came out of the blocks. The Dubs. Sort of weather the storm, then went five ahead. Um, you know, great chance of goal. Rushy still, fairness team, you converted him back to full forward, and he's doing it like he, yeah. he really did it again yesterday. Only watching the highlights now, I'll see the whole, whole game. Um, but he caught a great ball, popped it off to Paul Ryan, and just went to whip on it. And fairness to Mark Fenning, while he won't be too happy with the last goal from the from the twenty one, yeah. that was yeah. a brilliant save, brilliant save, brilliant save, brilliant you know, save but yeah. it ebbed and flowed, and it did, it did. And then really, you know, we were in Limerick watching it and watching it on the Twitter and getting seeing seeing it going to and flowing. And uh, you know, when when Wexford went ahead, when they got the sport and got the two four of a, of a lead, uh, you 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 probably would only put your house on at that stage, like with the extra extra defender back and everything. Um, but I, in fairness to Dublin, I think that that last goal keeps their season alive, and like they have something to play for now. Um, they'll you know they'll go to Carlow. You would imagine they'll win in Carlow, and then. They got Galway coming to town, and they've you know that's not going to be an easy one for Galway, depending on how they get on next week against Wexford. So, as much as we talk talk about Munster, like Leinster at the moment is is equally as interesting because of the way the way things could pan out, because you've got Wexford and Galway next Sunday. You know that's 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 going to be a great game. Like I don't know how you know even to, even even to think about it going up. Like you know it's going to be. I, I suppose Galway again weren't overly impressive against against Carlow. They didn't you know they won by six in the end, but um, you know they don't have Joe there. You know so it's they're going to. This could be a very interesting game Sunday. Yeah, and I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll quick look at that. Um, Sean Warren is beginning now to get a name for this guy that can come up and score these last minute penalties, even though a miss hit yesterday. But, uh, you know, we said it last week if you have the name of getting up early. <laughs> and by uh, God, you know, if, it, if it occurs later on, uh, Sean Warren coming up from the back is going to be a, a feature. And uh, I'd say Davy will certainly have been. Fairly disappointed. Be kicking himself, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So it probably should have been stopped. But in fairness, Dublin, there's, there's a good spine there. They know what they're doing. They had hurled themselves into a good position. They'd probably be kicking themselves with the goals they conceded. Like, and yeah, but just as Jerry said there, like next week, like Leinster is definitely very much in the melting pot. Like next week's a huge game. Yeah, it's like it's it's like Munster. Kenny obviously ruthless uh, against Carlow. Three nine three points half time. You know, just no mercy and no. Yeah, ah well, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't want mercy if I'm the opposition manager. Either Colin Bonner no. would have said that. You know, at half time, I think he said they, they rallied and said, "This is not us, boys. We're, we're better than this." But you don't expect mercy off anyway. I wouldn't like it. I think it's it's kind of condescending if you see teams tapping over the bar when there was a goal on. I, I, don't, I hate that actually. I'd rather see them if they're able to bury you, bury you. Uh, but they looked, you know, even that Bill Sheehan added a bit of pace up front. You know, just from the highlights, like just that. Every time he got the ball, you could sense this fella's going to take an off with it, you know. So something that they maybe have been lacking that little bit up front, and that that killer instinct of that, and that little bit of extra pace up there. Yeah, you get the feeling they're going to get stronger. They have a couple of guys to come back into it, and you'd certainly say that like they're like, what Tip are showing in Munster in terms of form. Like you have to say that I'd say Kenny would be. I'd say Cody would be kind of 
happy enough with himself now, if that's possible, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like, look at they look like have one foot in the in the Leinster final, a bit like uh, Tip, I suppose. That's where you, you you would have to say it. So I think you know these these couple of games, like the couple of games now, crucial ones are next Sunday, the only game really in the Liam McCarthy. Like Galway and Wexford, we we don't really know about Galway. Like I mean, they don't really know about that first match either because maybe he Mike Michal will be, have gone hard on him now, you know. And I know they, I think they went away overnight somewhere at the weekend and had a training camp of sorts. And uh, but there's no Joe there, and like Davy will go to South Hill with a plan. But the one thing I would say is that if I if I'm watching Wexford since Davy took over, the one team that seemed to have their number and Galway, yeah, you know, yeah. and even by scoring points from distance, yeah. Again, I suppose we got to be. We got to be. We've been forewarned. We got to be careful. Like we thought with the Clare and Waterford League quarter final that matched. That's a Waterford put up thirty one points. I know in the in the league quarter final the other side of it, as um, the Wexford went up and they got well beaten. Uh, you'd still fancy Galway in the context of, of to to be home venue. You know they know they got to go to Parnell Park, and you know and they have to go to Nolan Park. So again. They they're looking at two points like to, to give it's them. A must win. It's a must win for for both teams really. And that's what makes it so so attractive. Like that, uh, the both teams are going to lay it on the line on Sunday. Uh, again, I just just worry about Galway's form. It's, it's not that overly impressive. Like you know what I mean? They're you know it just goes to show how much they rely on Kenny. You know he's been a super player for them. And uh, but I suppose they would have thought the last day against Carlow they were going to win the match handy. This is probably the first real test for them now at this stage. To you know without Joe. Who's going to stand up for them? Um, and I think home. I think home form. Even though most of the matches to date, the away team seems to be doing the doing the business. I still think when it comes around, I, I still fancy Galway to um, to beat them. Yeah, without him, Tej need a few of the boys. You you dealt closely with the Sherry Thomas's boys to really stand up. I think definitely. Yeah, um, like their, their form, as you said, during the league. Now maybe like you think last year Galway did a kind of tough enough championship campaign. They were kind of going hammer and tongs. They were very impressive, very early on in the championship, and the draws were clear. It's take it out of them you just I get the feeling is there kind of a little bit because of the start of the championship that they had that Michal had a little bit of a luxury that he didn't need to be 100% early but certainly I would agree with you without Joe you'd need to see something better in the forwards and stuff just a little, a little, something moving a little bit better but I'd still I'd still give him the nod to, to win the weekend yeah we're looking forward to it you know I don't I think they've had a bit like Limerick they've come off the league and then the Carlow game maybe they weren't as up for it as they yeah. should be and we don't know Wexford are after coming out of a fair battle yesterday. They probably felt they won it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think you know. But look, so much to look forward to. Uh, it'll be a quieter weekend next week, but we still have a cracker, and it's in Leinster as well. It'll keep the Leinster heads happy. As yeah. well, as you know. I, I need to tip the hat to Joe and all teammate of mine, Joe Quaid and Westmead. The weekend, they had, they had a fantastic win. I, I, I know, obviously, Offaly is a different question, but big, big win for Westmead. Yeah, there's been an awful lot of narrative about Offaly, and I think. It, it, it's come to the stage where we need to give Westmead huge credit Carlo huge credit uh, Leash with Eddie as well I think and, and Niall Corcoran there is, is in with him as well a great coach um, and you know Joe's really you know going from Kildare winning the Christie ring now he's he's looking like he might be uh, one of the faves for the Joe McDonough um, he, he could be taking on Limerick himself uh, in the not too distant future the way things are going for him so yeah the Joe McDonough I think you know it's one of those things is a lot of people talking about not enough coverage and I think it'd be great if maybe they give TG Cahar the rights to it on a Saturday. You know, I don't know. It's it's a whole rights thing as far as I know with RTE that they can't actually show certain competitions and that kind of thing. They only have access to certain things. I, I know there's been a lot of debate about why, you know, even last night again, was watching too much Twitter last night when the, when I thought Dustin was out of the equation in the golf, but like you know, let's say why are we watching the matches we watched already already today? But of course, people who were at the tip 
Waterford match mightn't have got to see the Correct. Cork Limerick and also people love that are at the match they love to go home and see what did they see that day as well I think it's hard to, to get away from that absolutely it's hard to catch everything even at a match kind of saying everything's happened so quick but I do agree with you on, on, on the Joe McDonough some very good games there the amount of work that those boys those counties that are doing you'd love to see it and then to get more reward for it like just to, just kind of see it in television they're entitled to that yeah it's a great structure fairness I think I think Jay have got it right on it you know football I think need to learn a fair bit from it and uh, we might hear a bit more because you can tune in next week um, when Mike Quirk will get a chance to talk a bit of football on the football podcast. Uh, mad to listen to that. Uh, lads, thanks for listening, folks. Um, great to have Joran and TJ here, uh, Crystal Fleds. Um, you can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and at examiner.com slash podcast. Uh, and give us an old rating and, and a nice review, please. <laughs> a review, anyway, of any sorts. I'm Taylor, told. Taylor needs to pick me up. <laughs> I need to pick me up and try and get the prediction right for this week, TJ. Thanks for that, folks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.